This is Kayak Fishing Radio, and it's time for Yak Fishing Texas with your hosts, Jaron Wassel and Andrew Moxagimba. Join the conversation at kayakfishingradio.com or call the guys up at 714-816-4727. Now, it's time for Yak Fishing Texas. Here are your hosts, Jaron and Andrew. It is another Tuesday night on Kayak Fishing Radio, and you are listening to Yak Fishing Texas. I am Jaron, your host, of course, joined by my esteemed colleague, Andrew Moctegimba. Uh We're going to have Jim Dolan from Heroes on the Water tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about some soldier rehabilitation later on, so uh, pretty excited about that. That's a, that's a really great cause. It's, it, in my opinion, it's greater than any cause in the kayaking community. We get to show our appreciation and, you know, do things for our wounded vets and show them how much what they do means to what uh, we live to be. So pretty excited about that. Uh, also going to have a fishing report from our friend Clint Barhe, uh from Team Ocean Kayak for the Galveston area, see what the redfish and the trout are doing around the, the Bay areas. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the the growing craze that is rigging the adventure island for fishing tonight. So it's not just really a um, it's not really just going to be a sailing rig. So it's turning into a full fledged fishing from a fishing machine from either the the bays, the lakes, offshore, you name it. And then I also figured, you know, why not we uh, cover a little bit about you know the onset of this coming season. So uh, we got the you know, spring is is here. I mean, we've got a lot of big fronts coming through still. You know, we'll, we'll get a cold snap for, you know, three, four days. But, you know, around Texas, it depends on where you're at. You know, here in the Austin area, we'll get a snap of a 50-degree day. A day or two later, we're right back in the mid-70s. So swing is in full effect, or spring is in full effect. And that kicks off the, uh, the spawn for bass in the freshwater which is huge for a lot of the people in Texas because that's the majority of where everybody's going to fish. And then you've also got the shrimp hatch that's going on right now. It's in its really early stages on the coast, and that's going to be triggering a transition from fall fishing or winter fishing patterns to the spring patterns for the coastal guys. So lots of stuff heating up on the coast. So um, lots of stuff to kick around tonight. Uh, Andrew, uh, 
customary question. You get out in the water this last weekend? Again, negative. I worked in the store this weekend. There is a reoccurring theme here. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, just kind of keep that on a recording, and I'll just play that every time I ask the question. This, this is the difference yeah. between working in the office and working in the store. You will remember <laughs> when you were in the store, you spent your time in the store. I can ah, talk you know, man. Fishing. Well, yeah, I mean, you do, and you do a knockout job of that. So uh, <laughs> way to go on that one. But uh, for uh, just want to take a second, uh, all of our guests in the chat, uh, if you want to participate in the chat tonight and just uh, make sure you, if you want to, you can log in with a social media account, Twitter. Uh, you can log in Facebook's most common way. That way you can actively partake in the discussion tonight. Uh, you can also field some questions that you would like us to ask Jim. Uh, anything in particular that you want to know about the Heroes on the Water program, be it how you uh, participate in events, maybe start a local chapter, Whatever you'd like to do, uh, you know, just pop, uh, pop the question up on the screen, and we'll be sure to ask him tonight. And he's going to be probably coming on around 8:30, so we'll look forward to Jim coming on in roughly 25 minutes or so. But, uh, but yeah, so Andrew, the bass are getting ready to spawn. The shrimp are hatching. String is here. Uh, I can't wait to get uh, over on the Ladybird Lake and try to. Uh, and try to get some of the big mamas to come back up. Uh, you don't do a lot of freshwater fishing, though, so I don't know if you really know any tips about that, would you? No, 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'll just go ahead. You Proceed, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it... it some of my favorite, you know, the, my favorite ways of for looking at for these females, uh, the bass that come up is, you know, all winter long they've been sitting down, uh, they've been sitting deep, you know, not a lot of activity. Spring comes up and they start getting into their pre-spawn patterns. You've got the buck bass that'll move up. For buck bass, I mean, uh, the, they, uh, the males, they start roaming the shallows. And, you know, really early in, in the spawn, you can pick them off because, they'll still be in a feeding mode. You can pick them off with fast-moving baits, you know, the crankbait, the lipless cranks, spinners, stuff like that. But once those big females uh, come in, it's, it's a whole other game. Because now when we fished in East Texas for them over in, say, like Lake Nacogdoches or we fished Kingston, You'd find the female and the male on the bed, but there's a period of time there that those fish won't touch anything. They'll be locked on just to, onto the spawning mode, and they really won't, they won't touch anything. And that can probably be one of the most frustrating times as a bass fisherman who is targeting spawning fish. Uh, there are a couple of ways that I always co uh, uh, coax them to biting. Um, you know, I, it's repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. It's a matter of finding the those fish on the bed and literally putting the bait in front of them as often as possible, slow as possible. And sometimes those fish are really, you know, you, you really have to find a sweet spot on the bed for them to even react to it. And typically what you'll notice is you'll pick the, the male off first. I, that's always been the way I've done it. I mean, not saying that the female won't bite initially, but typically the male pick it and run it off too. But the, now in a kayak, there's a, 
here's here's a kind of a, a tip for me for if you if you've got the female in sight and you still uh, you still want to catch her even though you've got the male. So what I'll do is I'll take two rods rigged identically, and it'll be either you know say a craw, uh, like a plastic craw, say like a rage craw from uh, uh, it's like a Strike King plastic. I'll pitch him in, and I'll let that buck bass take it, and I'll hook him, and I'll let him, uh, but I'll keep him on the hook, and I'll keep the boat, or I'll keep the rod and the rod holder boat side so that he doesn't fly back in the nest because he'll keep hitting it over and over and over again. Uh, one of my tricks I always did is I'd let him hook up, leave enough line where he's swimming next to the boat, and then I'll pitch back towards the female. That way she's the only one that's left. It's kind of like a little uh, a trick you guys can try when you're out in the water and you're, and you're targeting those fish. It's, it's helped me out a lot. Uh, I've been able to catch a lot more female bass that way, and uh, my quality has gone up. But, you know, it's, the spawn is definitely a, a good time for you guys to get out. And, you know, even for guys who typically fish the coast, you know, I liked it as a time to practice my sight fishing as well. You know, get a good pair of polarized, get out and try to start spotting fish. It'll help you in various elements when you're on the coast, seeing redfish uh, on grass flats. Because, I mean, typically those bass are going to be, and a lot in Texas lakes, they're going to be bedding in some sort of vegetation. I mean, some of them will bed in rocky bottoms and stuff like that too, but, you know, I've, I've been on plenty of lakes with hydrilla or coontail moss or uh, dollar weed, anything like that. They will, they'll bed up in there. And typically what you're looking for in a spawning location is, if you look over, uh, say, a topographic map of a lake that you're, that you're wanting to fish, you can actually look and see creek beds, and uh, you can look at for flats adjacent to those creek beds. And a flat can be, really the problem is, a flat can be anything from 2 foot deep all the way to 10 foot deep. It just depends on the water body that you're in. Uh, we've fished some lakes that we've caught spawning females that have been sitting in 12 foot of water. So... It's just going to vary. But you just want to – I've always had the best luck locating those creek channels and then finding adjacent flats that are going to have some type of spawning structure that those fish will key in on. So, you know, make sure you look at your maps. That, that's a great, it's a great way to do it. Andrew, there, there's plenty of good fishing over where you're at up in, the, up in the spring area that you can implement that as well. Now, Conroe, you know, you're not going to have as much vegetation, so you're going to have to look at flats with a little bit more like pea gravel or, you know, a little bit of a, any type of other broken up rock. So, you know, that I'd, I'd go try it out, man. It's a great time to be fishing right now. Yeah. I mean, um, like the guy, I know the guys up there in, at the spring location, the, they're always on the water on their days off, but come before they get to work because of what you're talking about. They're getting on fish yeah. almost, you know, daily right now. So right. Well, and you know, and and likewise on the coast, you know, uh, the the spring what triggers there is we start getting a lot more the, that really strong southeast wind again. Uh, we start getting what we call on the coast bull tides, which are a much higher tide than usual. So. Those shrimp lay dormant in those in that grass and all that, and those those bigger tides it'll trigger a, a hatch, and you know that starts the whole feeding process for the the reds the trout. You know they're transitioning from 
more like a pinfish diet, like mullet or anything like that. Now they're going to switch back over to, to shrimp because it's going to be so plentiful. You know, and that, you're going to start seeing more schooling action from the redfish on shorelines, say in the Galveston, Seaport, uh, Port O'Connor, Matagorda. You're going to get it all over the coast of Texas. And, and you know, some of my favorite times to fish for, uh, for those kind of fish are going to be on the outgoing flow of those big bull tides because it's those, that high water is going to go so far back up in the grass that it, that can be absolutely frustrating to fishermen because you can't really, there's too much water for you to cover. Those fish can get so far back up in the grass that you can't really see them. So, you know, that can be kind of detrimental to the site fishermen as well. Uh, but I like to wait on the outgoing flow of a big bull and it'll pull all of those bait or all that bait right out of that marsh area and those fish will congregate outside shorelines. Uh, they'll be more ambush points in the middle of marsh lakes where they're waiting for everything to funnel back out. And, you know, that's, they're just going to gorge. And you're going to find – and this is another thing, too, is those shrimp are going to be so small, sometimes you're going to have an issue getting some fish to bite. That's, that's going to be – you know, a little bit of an issue there. So, you know, downsizing your bait. Uh, I used to bring a little small net, and I would scoop up the shrimp, and I would see what color they are, the size, and then go ahead and, you know, try to match some sort of hat. You know, take the rule, match the hatch. Find something that's going to be similar to that bait uh, in size, color, whatever, and, and implement that. You know, those fish, you know, you got a better chance of doing that than, say, if a if the shrimp are all one inch, one and a half inches, you're not going to go out there with a four-inch gulp shrimp and start tearing it up. That's just not going to happen. I mean, you, you can catch one, but it, your chances of hooking up are not going to be as likely as if you would use something in about the same size as what they're feeding on. So, you know, go, to, go up to Academy. Academy's got a nice little selection of, like, two-inch gulp shrimp. Uh, they've got some new shrimp this year that I'm going to be trying out. They look a little bit more lifelike uh, or a little bit more realistic than, say, the the typical gulp shrimp, and they've got those in a two-inch fashion as well. So I'm going to downsize early in the season until those shrimp get a little bit bigger, and then I can transition into the three- and four-inch. So it's kind of it's an exciting time on the Texas coast. We're going to have a lot of good fishing coming up very, very soon. And, you know, there's going to be a lots of tournaments that benefit from that. So freshwater, you're going to see some larger-than-normal sacks come in from, you know, big females being caught. And you're definitely going to see the, uh, some fat fish on the redfish and trout fishing uh, tournament side on the Texas coast. So, you know, Dustin's event, the Lone Star Kayak Series, like he mentioned the last time we had him on, usually that first event has got some of the most impressive weights because those fish are just absolutely pounding tons of food. So I hope we get to fish the the first event, Andrew. I don't know if we're going to be in Pensacola or not, but I hope we get to fish it. I mean, I, I hope we get to go to Pensacola, but if we don't, we'll fish it. <laughs> yeah, if we if we do get to go to Pensacola, there is a man that li- there is in the chat right now that uh, I'm pretty sure could help point us in some directions. Uh, yeah, I feel like he owes us a, a favor. Good call. Good call. I never really thought of it that way. So, uh, Mr. Fine, uh, no, you don't owe us a beer. You owe us fish. <laughs> uh, I, but you owe us our coordinates. Be- or, or you can owe us a beer and some coordinates. 
I'll take both. That's fine. <laughs> I'd like to see your response. But, yeah, I mean, uh, offshore, offshore is a whole other beast, man. It's, the springtime pattern is not really conducive to an offshore bite because of the stout winds. That's the only problem. You know, that, that, you know the, it, it's not it's, – you've got to wait for the temperatures to stabilize. And then uh, typically whenever you're going to start seeing more pelagics come back in is – I like to time it around when you start seeing trout caught in the surf. So – that's going to be the the big one there. Uh, well, we got a caller. Let's see. Welcome to Yak Fish in Texas. How's it going? Karen, this is Clint. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, brother? Nothing. When I uh, when I got on the queue, I heard uh, something about coordinates and beer. I guess I wanted to see what <laughs> y'all were talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to find a local liquor store, and uh, the <laughs> nah, the 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 guy we, uh, that took over as the manager in the San Antonio location for Austin Kayak, he's from Pensacola, and uh, you know we yeah, Andrew kind of like to to think we kind of helped steer him towards his uh, his calling where he currently is, and you know we we have a potential Pensacola trip coming up, and we would like to think that maybe he owes us. A little bit of good fishing spots. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. <laughs> I like how you think. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully, you get an opportunity to collect on that. <laughs> right. So, well, man, you've been fishing there then around the Galveston area lately. Yeah, fishing. Um, fishing's been real good. Uh, it was tough for a little bit, but I would say maybe within the last two weeks, it's it, now that this water temperatures started to. Uh, Come back, fishing's been real good. Um, yeah, I wish I had something better to tell you than that. It's been a real shallow bite. A lot of a lot of big trout coming up shallow. Haven't seen any redfish yet, but um, but uh, the average trout that we're seeing right now is maybe four to five pounds, and they're all it, it's a real interesting bite. They're maybe mid shin to mid thigh depth. It's that time of year where if you want to get a big one, you know you got about a three day window to try to go get one. Are you still keying in on uh, you're you're still keying in on tidal movement or not just necessarily sun warm and flats or anything like that? Are you? No. Um, what we're doing right now is um, where we caught where we caught the fish over the last two days has actually been some hard packed sand that's just right next to some mud. Um, I don't know, you know, if they're getting ready to lay some eggs or what's going on, but um, this last weekend I went fishing with my buddy Scott Thorson. And uh, we were fishing sh- uh, relatively shallow, you know, maybe mid-thigh depth. And I wasn't very fortunate. I lost a good fish, but that was about it. Scott caught quite a few good fish. Uh, but there was one angler out there that was fishing incredibly shallow. He was mid, mid-thigh, casting into maybe mid-shin depth of water. And we saw him catch five fish, and later I was able to find out who it was via Facebook, one perk of the social network. And uh, his average size fish was five to six and a half pounds. And um, so anyways, last night I took that concept and I went fishing over here close to home and just fished real shallow with an area that's soft, but it's got some harder spots on it. And uh, it was a good night. I had five trout anywhere from five to the big fish was right at eight pounds. Uh, you know, a lot of good sized fish, but it was a, it was that bite that you hear people talk about all the time of that, you know, 
18 inches, 24 inches of water um, and big trout. Still, after all these years, I always have problems buying into that. But, um, you know, this this is that month where if you want to try to go get a big one shallow, it's going to happen for you. Sir, you can. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of bait has been working the best for you? Something that's kind of like a suspending plug or are you you're nailing any on a slow work top or? Uh, the best bite has been on a – I had a good blow-up on a, on a topwater this last weekend, but really the best bite's been on uh, suspending baits that fit high, like your Catch 2000s or your Corky Fat Boys. That's what we were throwing this weekend was a Corky Fat Boy and working it really, really fast, almost like you would a plastic. Um, and once again, some good, good blow-ups on top, but for some reason they weren't that aggressive. It seemed like once you got something subsurface that sat high but – but, you know, it kept moving fast but didn't make the same amount of noise. You got those bigger, better bites. Um, so, you know, it's just that weird time of month where you got to throw in front of one 20 times and hope that one of those 20 casts, you're going to get bit. And if you do, chances are it's going to be a really big one. That's good to know, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's always been one thing that's been eluding me is going out and, you know, focusing on a on a big trout bite and – piecing it all together. Uh, I am uh, I am going to invest in Tobin uh, Strickland's the his uh, what is that the name of his DVD series? Oh, the Trout Support DVD. All Tobin's yeah. DVDs are well worth the money. I mean, he's really put some good stuff together, and more importantly, all the knowledge that he's gathered from local people, you know, that give you a really good local insight, um, and that's at the end of the day, it's those little tiny tricks that are going to make a big difference. But I've seen some different pieces of the material that he's put together. Um, and for anybody who's listening, if you just Google it, he's got a couple five-minute clips um, on his website. And those clips really do sell his videos as far as focusing in on slicks, bait, things like that, what the tide's moving. And, and there's some good spots that are identified in those videos as well. I mean, it's it's $30 that's well spent. Are you finding the majority of the fish in an area where you're finding a lot of bait flicking? Yeah, slicks this time of year are huge. Um, you know, the cove bite, it's, it's that time of year where if you want to go get one 30-incher, you know, go to one of those south shoreline coves like Dana's or Starvation and throw a big bait and you might get one big bite all day. But, uh, you know, if you can find some of those more open shoreline areas that are going to be those transition areas as the fish move out of the north end of the bay. That's going to be the ticket. The only hard thing is, you know, let's use some place like Clear Lake area because that's the closest that I live to and that's the area that I fish the most. Um, They're moving so much in one day, you know, that they might be slicking right there by where the Clear Lake channel comes out today and tomorrow they could be all the way down there by Eagle Point. So you just got to look for them. But, yeah, slicks are the ticket. It's just hard for us as kayakers to get an opportunity to get out there and chase slicks. You know, if today they're two miles down the shoreline, that's a hard thing to accomplish in a kayak, you know, to to just run that shoreline up and down. But you nailed it. I mean, anywhere that you're going to find bait, anywhere that you're going to find slicks, you're definitely going to find the trout. And um, it's going to be that thing where you're going to have to focus on the feeds. You're going to have to watch what the tides are doing. And then you're going to have to, if you want a big one, you're going to have to be willing to go shallow and grind all day for one big one. But it's that time of year where you're going to get that big one. If you fish all day and you get one bite, it's going to be good. Right. Well, I was, you know, I was talking a little bit earlier, and, uh, you know, I, some of the guys in the Corpus area have already started noticing that the shrimp are starting to hatch. You know, and I was saying a little bit earlier, you know, 
the shrimp patch is always, you know, a precursor to the onset of the reds returning to their normal patterns that you're going to find, you know, schooling up, you know, working the shorelines and everything like that. So, you know, are you, you noticing any of the shrimp coming out uh, in the Galveston area? You know, I haven't been on that end of the bay at all. Everything that I've been doing still been up next to, um, if you drew a line from, let's say, Clear Lake to Smith Point and just everything north, you know, that's where I've been spending a lot of my time. Uh, but what I have noticed is there's been a lot of bait hatches. There's a lot of button shad with all this rain. And, um, you know, for this end of our bay system, that button shad is, is the same thing that people talk about when they start seeing the shrimp down south. You know, and you'll get those days where the button shad are just thick. It looks like it's raining across the bay. It makes it hard to catch the fish, but it, it definitely brings them back into that transition of their summer locations. And, um, I think it's going to be a good year. With all the rain we've had here, there's a lot of bait in the bay right now. There's a lot of shad, and uh, what that's going to lead to is just big, heavy fish and a good summer fishery for everybody who's going to fish that into the bay. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope to get down there and uh, and get some salt fishing done soon. I probably well, won't uh, be until, probably won't be are we? April. Are you coming in three weeks or whatever? That's what I was going to ask. I saw your message this morning about there might be an opportunity in three weeks, so I hope uh, I hope we get an opportunity to cross paths at that time. Yeah, man, we'll, uh, it, it, it all, it's going to all shake, uh, depend on how it shakes. Well, no, I actually, yeah, uh, I'll be down that weekend. I'll, I'll be down that weekend, absolutely. Because that's the well, weekend. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody, everybody who's listening to this just heard that, so I got a couple witnesses. So I'm going to hold you to that, and hopefully the next time I'm on the show, we got something really good to talk about and some good oh, stories man. that don't include breaking rods, falling out of kayaks, or anything along those lines. No, no, we'll, uh, we're going to leave Jeff Herman at home. We'll leave those stories away. <laughs> uh, uh, man. I hope Jason Bryant's not listening to this either, because that's the story of he and my life together, is every time we fish, we... I fished a tournament with him one time, and we, after the tournament, we sat down and we noted 27 different things that went wrong for us in one single day. And that did not include not catching any fish. So either way, hopefully uh, hopefully we won't run into that. But if you get a chance, I'd love to have you in the area, and we'll get out and catch some good ones. Yeah, man, I'll be down, and I'll give you plenty of heads up. And I think I'm going to try to uh, steer Andrew out of the store for the day and see if he can uh, join in. I hope so. That sounds good. Well, cool, Clint. Well, thanks a lot for calling with the report, man. Really appreciate it. No, hey, I appreciate it. Have a good night, and uh, I'll be listening to the rest of the show. All right, man. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know really how to follow up with all the any information off that because that's that's more knowledge, and I'm really uh, (laughs) a... But I really know of anything about the bay. But Clint, Clint is a uh, he is a stud when it comes to finding quality fish on the coast. So, you know, when we go out and we go fish with him uh, in a couple of weeks, definitely take that time to to learn. And uh, you know, that's that's it's funny working a corky fat boy fast. I've never really I've never really done that. And uh, I you're really a, I'll be honest with you, Andrew. I've only seen probably like four or five people in my life catch a fish on a corky, and you're one of them. Yeah, mine's dumb luck. I mean, he knows what he's doing, and I'm just being aggravated and casting. So it is a little different. 
You had every opportunity in there to make yourself look very well, and you just destroyed it. No, but that's what I do. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> Honest. Yeah. No, that'll be good, man. I'll look forward to getting down there and uh, working some trout and see if we, can, uh, we can't get on the bike. Maybe by then the redfish will show up because that, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, I like catching trout and all, you know, working the lights in the springtime at night underneath the causeway. That's one of my favorite things to do. But I like finding the red schooled up and just, you know, tearing into them all day long. That's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I've had some really good days fishing with guys like uh, Jason Blackwell, you know, just showing me uh, a whole lot of different fishing techniques for the early spring. And uh, and then, you know, fishing with uh, – I fished with – I don't think I've ever fished with Clint for redfish before. But uh, that will be, be a good learning experience for sure. So, kind of, well, looks kind of like spoiled. We are spoiled. We're absolutely spoiled. I blame you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, we got Jim calling in. Jim is the uh, well. If you go by his Facebook uh, Facebook uh, title, he is the CEO and founder of Heroes on the Water. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Good evening, hey guys, Jim. What's How up? Going? Oh, just good, man. Out, man. I uh, I would I would suggest if you guys go down to the coast with Clint, don't uh, go over to Rick Spillman's dock. I would I highly recommend staying away from it. I have seen the photos on Facebook. It is, it is, it is addictive, man, just to watch. Rick, Rick has been sending me pictures almost daily of fish he's catching from his dock. He, he's just torturing me right now. That's just oh, yeah. brutal. No, I, uh, I had the opportunity to go over to the dock, and they pushed me off of it, and uh, it was not fun. So, <laughs> For any particular reason why? Oh no! I fell off of it and cut the crap out of my foot on a bunch of oysters. So it was not oh, a good man. day. No, not at all. <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk. Uh, we're gonna, you know, Heroes on the Water. Uh, it's a very well-known program across the country, especially in the kayaking community, and growing very much so outside of it for the work you guys do for our wounded vets. Um, how did you get? How did you get started with Heroes on the Water, and um, what what brought that what brought that about? Well, I'm a I'm a born and raised redneck Texas bass fisherman, been doing it all my life. But as as a kid uh, and an adult, going down to the coast, mainly mainly Port A area for years, um, never did a lot of serious saltwater fishing. But we you know we go to the standard piers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my brother-in-law and I are big bass fishermen, so he said, you know, we we like to fish while we're down at the coast. Let's learn. Uh, we started uh, renting guides, and that got really expensive after about the first one. <laughs> um, we uh, started looking at the $50,000 bay boats, just like the $50,000 bass boats, and we couldn't afford that. And I saw a bunch of these uh, guys running around these little plastic things, um, Dean Thomas and some of those guys, and I said, that looks pretty cool. So we started kayak fishing uh, had a blast doing it, and, and three of us were vets and said, hey, let's do something with this. Uh, you know, let's let's take this to another level and, and get people excited. And we had all these, we, we call it Kayak Angler Society of America. Um, and we had all kinds of ideas like uh, tournaments, and both high school and military and college tournaments and stuff like that, launch points. 
et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things we want to do since we are all three military was do something with the military. And we said, let's take some military guys fishing. And the, the best ones we knew that to help out the most were the, were the uh, what they call the polytrauma, the severely wounded over at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio. We ran into a guy named Cody Roberson who uh, worked there. He's a major uh, at the Center for Intrepid at BAMSI. And uh, we had our first outing down at uh, Port Aransas with um, – Phil Spencer and uh, uh, who else was there? Kendall Larson. Uh, several guys were there and uh, took a guy out fishing. We had we had three guys going from Bamsey. One guy didn't make it. Uh, the second guy literally walking out the door of the hospital got a call that his wife had tried to commit suicide. So uh, obviously he didn't make it. Um, and that's the type of life these guys lead, guys and gals lead, unfortunately. Um that was kind of our, hey, this is pretty fun, this is very meaningful, and this is something we can help people with. And then on our fourth outing, we had a, uh, what I call our aha moment. We had a guy that, um, uh, well, the, the average guy we see uh, was blown up in an explosion of some sort in general, uh, maybe lost a limb, a lot of internal injuries, spinal injuries, neck injuries. Uh, they stay alive. Uh, we have triple and quadruple amputees now that, that uh, pretty much stay alive, and they're they're, they're up and running, we got one kid that's a triple that uh, can do deep water reentries. Um, but anyway, wow. so we had this one guy that had we he was had some some internal injuries, but he also had traumatic brain injury with the brain scrambled, um, and it, it is trying to rewire itself and get back together again. But they tend to be slow to get information in, process it, get it, process it, get it back out. They tend to stutter. Um, the debilitating thing about it is they know what they were like. And they know what they're like today, and it is they don't like showing anybody what they're like today because they know it's not the way they should be. Uh, they don't want to show anybody that they're slow and stutter and stuff. And they also have tr- uh, post-traumatic stress because they're picking up their buddy's body parts. Uh, so that's the wow. average guy we see on our fourth outing. We were up at uh, Blanco State Park catching the, the we call them snits, the standard nine-inch rainbow trout, the fish hatchery, the uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife stocks, and. Had a kid with, with all those problems, um, didn't want to talk to us, didn't want to get on the water. We finally got him on the water and pulled him out a few hours later and said, hey, Sergeant Soto, how was it? And he said, man, I had a great time. I caught six rainbow trout. The weather was awesome. And he's just jabbering away for 20, 30 seconds. And then all of us, including him, realized that he was talking normal. And and he went back to stuttering and being slow again. But he said, guys, I've been at Brook Army Medical Center for two years. For two years, I hadn't been able to do it. I just did. Now I have hope. And we all looked at each other and go, "Okay, what the hell just happened? You know, what, <laughs> this is this is this is not this isn't just fishing. There's a, there's a whole lot more to this than, than than just putting a guy on the water fishing. Although putting a guy on the water fishing is what made it happen. Um, all of us know how relaxing it is to get out there on the water. And uh, you know, I, I call it there is a God moment early morning, especially when you see, feel, hear, touch, especially in a kayak things that you didn't know or know were there. And it's just uh, you know the, the nature just kind of goes, I'm here. And uh, you can imagine what it does for a guy with the, the mental challenges that uh, some of these guys have. So I think that's where we really shine. I got a quick question for you. So you know the heroes in the water is growing large now. I mean, if you go on the website, you have chapters all over the country. How, how does your average seller yeah. get involved? I mean, like what what can you know what could I do if I want to get involved? How does that work? 
Well, the um, um, our chapters are always looking for good volunteers, and there's there's a difference between a volunteer and a good volunteer. A good volunteer shows up at every outing, um, understands that they're not there to fish; they're there to help the wounded guys. Uh, part of that is fishing, but the, but the main thing is providing that. Uh, most of your military guys grew up and gals grew up in a in a trash talking, having fun environment that we're all used to. It's it's us. It really is. It's it's the same thing we do, and that's what they want. They don't want to be put on a pedestal and said thanks for your service. I had one guy who says, you know, I go to some of these places and they stick me up on a pedestal, and they uh, every time I try to get off the pedals and, and get normal again, they stick me back up there. That's not what I want. I, I want to be I want to be normal. He wants to be just like the rest of us. So finding someone that's willing to help them do that and, and relax and show up and, and help unload and load kayaks and stuff is important. But there's all kinds of other stuff that, that, that chapters can use help with. Um, social media is definitely one. Uh, accounting is is a tough for some. I mean, uh, I'm not an accountant. I just That's something I don't do well, but there's people out there that are very good at that, enjoy that, and that's awesome. And, and those are, you know, any, any, if you have any specialties, um, graphics work. Um, I know Jason Bryant, you know, we're talking about him a while ago, has, has helped us with some of that stuff, uh, some of the graphics and stuff. Um, just about anything you can think of that a nonprofit might need, marketing, branding, um, admin, and all those, it, we don't have. Don't, they don't have to be kayak fishermen. Uh, kayak fishermen are very helpful at events, getting guys out there and, and helping them catch fish. The best thing you can do is, is every, all of us know, with the newbie, is to put them on a fish. And it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if it's a lizard fish or a pinfish or a, or a trout or a redfish. Um, catching a fish is is good stuff for a newbie, just like a little kid. And uh, so that's one of the things we try to do, and then as, as they grow and mature, and we have seven chapters being run by former what we call participants uh, that are out there making that happen, and that's one of the things we want to do is, is, is create leaders and, and, and take these chapters forward. Um, running a chapter is not a one-man show. Uh, it's it's <laughs> the, the guys that have tried that, and, and, and part of it is they, you know when, when one guy disappears, the chapter disappears, and that's not – these guys deserve our best. Um, Absolutely. And I tell you, I, I I have not said that been been comfortable about saying this until about two or three months ago. We save lives, period, um, and we save families. Uh, we have had we hadn't had a, a, a anybody commit suicide that we knew of at Heroes on Water for six years, and, and in uh, January we had two. Um, and we also had the save there in Houston. Joe Winston uh, had a guy call him at midnight, said, "I need help now." And Joe went over and, with with one of his buddies, went over and uh, they they pretty much saved the guy's life, kept him from committing suicide. So, um, wow, we're, we're we're doing some pretty our our volunteers are doing some pretty amazing stuff. And and it's the, the cool part about what we're doing. We're taking our hobby. We're taking what you and I and everybody loves doing. And doing something just amazingly cool with it, and 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 one of the coolest things is, is the guys you're hanging out with. They're they're us. They're but they're hunter killers. These are studs that we uh, that we, that that allow us to to participate and hang with them, and that's that's a lot of fun. Once you get to be friends with them, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, like I say, they're us. Well, um. So the, the, I'm sorry. I like it. Just you know, that's 
it's amazing what you do and, and like to sit here and come up with questions for you is, is very difficult because I mean it just touches you. You know, we've I've had veterans that shop in the store that, you know, maybe aren't in the same situation as these guys. But um I mean it's just it's unbelievable what you, what you've put together and how, what this has turned into and the way people respond to it is just I mean, it's, well, that's what that's what's really cool. You know, it's it's when you get hit between the eyes of a two by four when you when you see a guy change dramatically like that at, at your aha moment, it's kind of um, it, it wasn't hard to figure out. Um, but I think what you just said though is 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 how people respond to it. Everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to be part of it. Um, it absolutely blows me away the number of people that want to get involved and make something happen and and. Uh, the passion is is incredible, uh, and and it's it's I, I am I am amazed at it, but I shouldn't be at all because of who we're helping and why we're helping and what we're doing for them um, is incredibly cool. We these guys come back from from especially the, the the deployments that you know three two three four five ten deployments that these guys have gone through, um, and guys and gals we have about one female for every seven males. Um, they come back wound tighter than a drum. Man, I mean, they are just, you know, the adrenaline high, the, the uh, hypersensitivity, the anxieties, uh, just on and on and on, all the stuff that they've been dealing with. And they're, they're for nine, nine months to a year, they are just hyper aware and, and have to be completely uh, on their toes the entire time. They can't rest or relax. Um, and, and getting wound down from that, unwinding and getting back to a relatively normal life is tough. Uh, and until they get unwound, getting back to their family or their their job, their their education or whatever, is extremely hard. And and what we what we as an organization do is unwind them. And the beauty of what we're doing is kayak fishing. I don't need a fifty thousand dollar bass boat to take them out. I need a five hundred dollar, you know, six hundred dollar kayak. Uh, and most of us, as you know, have at least two because we bought one and we didn't have to. It's not like buying a fifty thousand dollar bass boat where I bought one and I got to sell it before I can buy another one. Uh, you know, we can we can in general buy a second a, a second kayak and keep the other one for our buddies to go fishing. And, and these are our buddies that we want to take fishing. I guess that's a that's pretty the easy way to say it. So getting them unwound and getting them to relax and and, and able to get back to their family and stuff is is what we do, and that's where we excel. And and we're doing that's it cheap. Cool. We're doing it in their backyard. We're not flying into yeah. Montana for five grand. You know, it's it's uh, it, we're doing it in in. Held down up here in Dallas, there's a lake. Uh, the, there's a bunch of corporate headquarters built on old farmland, and there's a uh, lake at the Pepsi Frito Lay headquarters. They fish, let us fish on Sunday. The employees, the employee cafeteria has a balcony out over it, and the employees throw Fritos and Cheetos in there. There's like 30, 40 pound catfish in that lake that we're uh, hooking these guys up with. So, um, you know, and then we're doing it down on the coast and everywhere else. It's pretty cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I- I like uh, I like seeing the events that are being thrown for these things too to you know help raise money for you guys' uh, operation what's going on and I like seeing the the vets come out and participate in the events as well like you know like we have a an event coming up on the 29th Cats is throwing the Operation well they're they're co-sponsoring the Operation Angler Strength uh, event and you know a lot of the they're saying that you know half the proceeds for everybody who comes in and signs in for the event, you know, they're going to donate all that money to uh, both the San Antonio chapters for Heroes on the Water and for Operation Angler Strength. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if, if, if there's anybody out there looking for a, a really fun event, you know, you can get out there, have some fun, show your support, 
the Operation Angler Strength event is going to be a fun one to go to. Even if you're not a tournament guy, just go have some fun, you know. And it's going to go to a great and amazing cause. But, uh, you know, I, was, I did see something that creeped my interest on the, uh, the Heroes on the Water page. You guys have got an event, and I've seen you post about this uh, last year as well as the Texas Music Throwdown. You guys have got that coming up. Uh, you mind telling us a little bit about that? Oh, you bet. That's down in uh, the Woodlands this Saturday. Um, Ryan Evans, Jason Bryant, uh, Benny Landrum, Scott Knoll um, are all involved in that, and those are all uh, kayak and, and, and fishermen uh, in the area. Scott and, and uh, Camille Knoll is at, at FTU, um, a real big uh, helper, supporter of us. Um, it's a country western festival. There's four bands, Scott Brown, Scooter Brand Bound, Band the Brown the Brown Band I can't even talk uh, that's because he's a Marine and, and Marines mix things up so um, uh, Scooter Brown Band is there and he's a uh, he's a Marine um, Whiskey Myers is going to be the headliner and uh, it's at uh, Town Park in the Woodlands the big uh, there's a pavilion there and it's in the in the grass area beside the pavilion. Um, very cool event. It's it's a big family event. We we try to get as many family members out as possible. It's uh, um, it'll run from about uh, two to ten, I believe. It, it ends about ten or ten thirty, depending on how long the band wants to play. But it's a great event. They've been, you know, there, there's a few events like that that have have started uh, and kept us alive. Them casting for a cause, uh, carry the load here in the Dallas area, that that have kept the organization and and. Ryan and, and Ryan Evans and that crew uh, were the very first ones to get us going, and they they have really supplied money to keep this organization running and, and, and up and running and alive and pushing forward for six years. So um, they deserve a lot of thanks, and, and anybody in that area that wants to come out, man, it's a, it's a, it's a fun time. It's ten bucks at eight bucks online and ten bucks at the doors. TexasMusicThrowdown.org.org. Very cool. And um. I got one other question. You know, something I've been kind of curious about. When um, we all do the events, you know, the on the water events, are, are you all supplying everything for the the veterans, or how is that working? I mean, it, it, just the amount of yes. gear that's required. How is that? And do you all take donations, or how, how does that all work? Well, we um, um, we take. You bet, we take donations. Um, we provide everything. The only thing that we don't have that we don't provide is the um, um, travel. We can't pay for gas, and we, once we start doing that, the insurance cost goes skyrocketing. So, um, we've had folks like I see Dean and uh, George Stevens are on, are listening in. Um, you know, down at in Port Aransas, they've helped us with gear. They were helping Travis Matthews right now, uh, although Travis is getting some of his own gear too. Um, Again, most of the uh, most kayak fishermen have a couple of kayaks, so most chapters start out with uh, with people bringing their extra gear and going fishing. Um, it's free to the vets; it doesn't cost the vets a penny. And uh, we provide kayaks, PFD paddle, um, uh, generally a lunch or breakfast and or breakfast. Um, all of their fishing, you know, uh, rods, reels, baits, and everything else. So it's free to the vets, um, and, but we're not giving. We're not giving the stuff away. We're keeping the equipment for the next outing and the next outing and the next outing. We have we have people doing outings uh, once a month, once a week. Um, you know, the, we'll do, a lot of chapters will do one or two big events a month, and then they'll take uh, one or two guys out here and there during the week. 
uh, which is very cool. I think that's 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 a lot of fun when you get one or two guys and and go out and just just go fishing, uh, just be you know be a crew and and have fun, and that's what a lot of us get to do. So yeah, so we absolutely. we we provide everything for them. Cool yeah, man, that's yeah. Be logistically crazy, just getting all that together. That's amazing what y'all do. Yeah, it's our, 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 you know, we have 40 chapters, 40 plus chapters, and, and our, our chapter coordinators and our crews, it, it takes a team. It takes a lot of folks. It, it, one, one person can't make it happen, and, uh, it takes a good, strong, strong team of people, um, and it is amazing. What, what they're doing, what, what our chapters are doing around the country is, is very cool. I see, kind of the way I see our organization, I call us a front office, um, we're very similar to baseball team, in my opinion, and the, and the front office is doing the logistics and the admin and, and uh, helping everything to keep the, keep the team going forward. And then our, our coordinators, our chapters are the player, are the, are the, are the, the pointy end of the fishing rod or the kayak, whatever you want to call it. They're the leaders. They're the studs out there. They're the stars out there making it happen day to day. And that's, uh, that's how our organizations run. Well, yeah, uh, it- if there's any way we can help in any shape or form, man, uh, please feel free to tap us. If you want to just call in, if you, there's an event that you want to get, uh, you know, spread the word out more than just, say, social media or anything, you want to see if there's any of our listeners that want to chime in or come out to an event and help out, uh, feel free, man. Call in. Use it as a media to help spread the word. We're glad to do it. Um, there, that's not a problem whatsoever. And, you know, we'll uh, – we, like I, you know, when we talked at Boondoggle, you know, I, I'd love to sit down and pick your brain about something in the Austin area. Um, it's something I think is very doable, and we've got plenty of people in the Austin area from Texas kayak fishermen and all around. You know, just from seeing the the turnout from all you know the kayakers that are on the water around here, we could definitely pull something together for the guys in Austin. So, yeah. Now and we and we we have. Um carry the load there in Austin. Um, Val Montgomery up at Reveille Peak Ranch raised a bunch of money for, for Austin to get something Austin and Fort Hood and and maybe even a Lake Highlands chapter um, or a Highland Lakes chapter, um, something along those lines. So so we have carry the load uh, in Austin going on um, the Memorial Day, the day before Memorial Day, I believe the Saturday before. Um, you know, you, you, you talked about um, Dustin's uh, Lone Star Kayak Series. Dustin's doing that uh, and helping us um, casting for a cause down in uh, Port Aransas on the 20th of June this year is 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 a very very cool a lot of fun kayak fishing tournament. Um, so there's there's a lot of activities going on that uh, getting our getting getting the veterans involved and, and helping raise money both. Absolutely. What what's a What's a website? Anybody that wants to go take a look at what you guys are, are doing for these uh, for these vets. What's the website that anybody can go visit and check out? You bet. It's uh, it's heroesonthewater.org, and heroes has two e's. So it's I, I think a heroes without the X, without the second e is a, is a more than one submarine submarine sandwich, and heroes with the e, extra e is uh, the guys we get to hang out with. So it's heroesonthewater.org. Awesome. And and our our con- you can contact us there and and uh, man we're looking for anybody we like say an Austin chapter I think is is in the offing and very doable we're working on that right now uh, Cody Wilson's up at uh, Reveille Peak Ranch and and uh, we've got some folks in the Austin area that maybe want to get going so as soon as we 
know that that's going to happen, we'll let you guys know and, and put a call out for anybody that wants to get involved to to get with them. Yeah, absolutely. I I gladly donate some of my gear for that. It's not a problem. But you well, bet. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. Well, Jim, uh, I, I really appreciate you coming by and, and chatting with us tonight. Uh, it, it it's admirable what you guys are doing for these guys. That it, it they deserve that and you know and so much more and I'm, i appreciate everything you're doing for him and then I, my uncle he's he's military and i told him about all this and he's blown away so you guys you're absolutely right you're saving lives and you're changing you're changing the mentality of a lot of people out there towards the towards our soldiers so we appreciate it anytime man i mean it's it's like i say we owe them our best these get these are sheep dogs that have been protecting us and they're coming home and licking our wounds, and and we and we need to we we owe them our best. We want them to help. Uh, we want to help them as much as we can. So, absolutely. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, if you if you'd like to you can you know like I said you can come back on and chat uh, about any other events that you wanna you wanna make a keynote speech about or anything like that. Uh, but uh, we'd love to have you on later on and uh, and you know just kind of get a mid year status for what the events are going on uh, for the rest of the year. You bet. No, and and that you can go on. There's a there's an event uh, page on the website, and it, it it has events all over the country. But if you can also scroll down, and there's a, a Texas, Oklahoma, and I think Louisiana is included, um, where you can see all the events in the Texas area, and uh, you'll be blown away. Uh, we we've got a new type chapter out in East Texas in the Tyler area, Tyler Longview area. Um, Joe Winston's starting to pump up the the Houston area. Um, you know, to the Bansy chapter in San Antonio and the and a San Antonio chapter. Uh fixing a crank up in Austin chapter. Travis is, Matthews has one down at Coastal Bend. So it's um getting more active uh, as we as we continue to go forward and of course our Dallas chapter. Cool. I'll uh what I'll 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 put a link on our Facebook page and then also probably on to Kayak Fishing Radio's page of all the events coming up around the area so people can uh they can pitch in whenever they feel that uh, they can make it out to an event. You bet. That'd be awesome. I appreciate it, man. Not a problem. Anytime. Anytime. All right, brother. Uh, Thanks. Thank, yeah, thank you, Jim. You have a good one. You bet. Talk to you later. Andrew, that's uh, that's by far, and to me, that's that's the most important thing going on in kayaking right now. It's... It's showing those guys the support that they need, uh, it, and you know it's it's and like Jim said, you know it's there's no need to you know, like, you know be appreciative of what they're doing, absolutely. But you know treat them treat them like whenever you're out in the water, just talking to them one on one. You know, like you're fishing with a buddy. That's that's exactly what those guys need. Get out in the water, relax, uh, hang out, catch some fish, and just and just hang out and just get their mind off of everything. It, it's it's by far some of the coolest stuff that I read about every day on all the kayak publications that I get, Facebook, anything like that. It's it's the coolest thing going, and it, we, I I really look forward to you know if, if there's something to get fired up here in Austin, uh, jumping in all means. I, I'd help out any way I can, and uh, I, I'd definitely like to go down and you know like you said, Travis. I know he's on PKF. I'd like to hit him up whenever we're down in the Corpus area and, you know, see if they've got an event going sometime and helping him out in any way. 
and uh, you know, bring in some boats, and you know, we have access to a lot of kayaks. <laughs> just yeah, just a do. few. <laughs> you know, if 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 we can uh, if we can take down four or five boats at a time, and you know, those guys get out and paddle and hang out, by all means, I'm I'm down for it. Absolutely. Yeah, and what's what's crazy about what I was thinking about while you know he was talking is makes you proud to kind of be in the industry we're in because I don't know any company or anyone that's that's in that you know in the kayak industry that isn't involved in some way or doesn't you know or is supporting that yours on the water in some way and that that's absolutely to what he's built I mean that's a there's nothing else out there like that I mean everyone you know regardless of competitive businesses or anything, everyone's on board with what he's doing. And um, it's just a testament to, you know, what he's built. And um, uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of speechless through the whole thing because I couldn't do him justice for, um, you know, right. calling out what they're doing. And I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. I No, I completely 100% agree with you. It's, it's awe-inspiring every time I see, you know, uh, and it's it's cool because you know, I even just like you know you click on the on their web page and the very uh, the home picture shows a guy standing there with his boat standing there standing there staring out the water <laughs> next to his boat and he's just, he's just pondering you know how many fish are going to go out there and catch that day he, and it's just the smiles on their faces you know they're having fun and that's that's what it's all about absolutely what it's all about. So we'll uh, we'll definitely help these guys out any way we can. Like I said, I'll post up the event so everybody can go out and pitch out. And, you know, if, if you guys can't make it to an event, you know, get on there, donate. Help, you know, help fund this cause. It's it's very, very important, um, and it, it, it should be all about them. So go out and make a donation. It's, it's as easy as a click. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't take too much. But, well, Andrew, um, I don't really have too much else. Uh, we didn't really get to talk about the Ad- Adventure Island earlier. Uh, we'll have to make that for the next show because I think that's a really fun uh, fun topic to cover because that's a unique platform, and a lot of guys are transitioning to uh, different – you know, it's changing a lot of fishing for people. They're covering a lot more water, and they're getting to spots that they typically didn't get to before uh, with uh, just regular paddle boats. So. I think that that warrants a discussion for the next show, and uh, we've got. Um, I know um, anybody who's out there, mark their calendars. Uh, April eighth, we're going to have Tobin Strickland on, and he's going to um, he's going to talk a little bit. He's the he's the owner and producer of the Trout Support series. He wants to come on, and you know chat a little bit about that, what he's got going on, maybe give some tips to some people that are out there trying to locate, become better fishermen for trout. Uh, got a chance to go out there and check out his website. Like I think it's troutsupport.com. Uh, so that'll be, a, that'll, be a good, uh, that'll be a good show. Again, that's April 8th. And then uh, next week we're kind of wide open. Um, I think uh, I, I know. Last week I said we were gonna have uh, Adam Murray on soon. He's the owner of Castaway Rod, so we'll get him on the show. And then uh, again, you know, go over to the Facebook page, Yak Fishing Texas. 
if you've got anybody out there you want to see us have on, uh, we'll bring them on. If it's a, even if it's a repeat, I don't mind. It's not a problem at all because I can chat with anybody about this stuff all day long. <laughs> not a problem. Yeah. But, uh, well, uh, Andrew, you got anything else? No, I was saying, you know, for next week, if we're going to talk about the uh, the islands, we ought to tap the, uh, the Texas Island Club and get some of those guys on here. So that's what all they do and pick their brain about how they're setting up their boats. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to uh, – it's a good thing to tap into, and we can uh, get them in to talk. They can specifically talk more about the rigging side, how they like to do it. So, uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, we can do that, definitely. And then you were saying something about talking about vintage boat design, how it correlates into the, some of the fishing kayaks we see today. Yeah, it would be an interesting yeah. discussion. I was telling the island deal will eat up a lot of our time, but, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, well, yeah, so we'll, well, cool. So we'll, uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, it will be 8 o'clock again Tuesday, uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, I am Jerem Wassel, joined with Andrew Moxigemba, and we'll be back with Yak Fish in Texas. And until then, support your local Heroes on the Water chapter and tight line. <laughs>